Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Hey, Boiling Pointers. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode. Before we start, Dave and I want to let you know all about our Boiling Point process, online courses, live events, and masterminds. After interviewing hundreds of leaders, we've packaged a ton of knowledge together to serve up to you. Info that will help you and your company be heard in a very noisy marketplace. So visit www.boilingpointprocess.com and sign up for the email newsletter and we'll let you know when our next cohort or event is. Thanks also for supporting The Boiling Point by subscribing to us on iTunes and also leaving a rating for us. Dave, uh, it's so good to be back in the boiling point with yeah, you, man. We're back. We're on. We're on Zoom again. We're on Zoom we were, again. We were unzoomed for a while. Unzoomed. And you're putting your coffee mug right. In Do you know what? Catapult Coffee is incredible. Oh, yeah. And I was going to say they don't brand themselves, but now I'm seeing there is a very slight uh, very stamp subtle, on there. So, um, Dave, uh, there's a whole bunch of really excited, exciting reasons. Um, no, uh, let me rephrase that. A whole bunch of reasons I'm excited for our guests today. Um, uh, we've got Grant and Matthew from Drone Seed, who I'll explain in a moment about who they are. But um, Grant is uh, is on the line with us right now. Matthew is uh, somewhere on the other side of the, the planet, and he'll be popping on in a moment. But I met these guys um, in August when I, on, on a trip to Seattle, mm-hmm. and we I came to, down to check out the facility, and then... Uh, you know what happens when you when you meet brand new people and you think they're cool? You end up going out and have a whack of drinks with them later, and you know that sort of thing. Um, but anyway, what what they have built, Dave, is stunning. And uh, as I was saying before, we we called Grant in was that you're going to be excited about this this technology these guys have, yeah, have I'm, built. I'm reading about it. It's incredible. So um, so Grant Canary, can you come and introduce yourself to and, Dave? And, and first off, Grant Canary, what a cool name! <laughs> I, I, we we can't call you just Grant. We have we'll have to be. And, and we're probably Grant pronouncing Canary. it wrong. I'm sure. No, come on, Canadian. That's a Canadiana version of it. Canary. No, no, that's exactly how you pronounce it. Just like the bird. I've been saying that since uh, my dad taught me that when I was six. Just like the bird. <laughs> just like the bird. Yeah, he just made it really easy because people get real awkward and they're like. Cannery. Cannery. Now he's still cannery. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 Grant, sorry, I just invited you to introduce yourself, but I'm 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 going to step in one more time. First of all, I I want our audience to picture this. This is me coming to what they explained to me as a sketchy part of Seattle. Yep. There's a whole bunch of kind of burned out motorhomes, not burned out motorhomes, but old motorhomes where people live. You know, like it's a it's a an up and coming part of. The- the neighborhood of Seattle it's the and brewery district. It's the brewery district. Oh, and cool. uh, it, we come to this very unsuspect little garage area and the garage door opens and there's a big truck with all this fancy gear in it. And behind it is a bunch of engineer types, you know, really smart people that, that drink a lot of Red Bull and, um, and work many hours on, on cool things. And what the cool things are, are drones. And, I, I walked in. I was like, "Where am I? This place is incredible." Wow. And me being a film guy, I, I yeah. was. I had all these questions. So I will stop there. Uh, Grant, 
let's carry on 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 this journey into into dronedom. <laughs> Over to you, Grand Canary. Yes. No. Well, I mean that that hangar, like we patterned it after like SpaceX or Boeing, and like it's got all the epoxy floors and the white walls and the like the giant banner proclaiming drone seed, like you know. So like that's that's uh, it's just part of the effect. And, um, and you and you also have your kill room coming into work. You've got your kill room as well. <laughs> Yeah, there's 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 the puck production area. It has all the like meat packing flaps. But that's just to keep the uh, keep the all the like sense and um, noise in one area. Yeah, it, it looked like a Dexter episode, uh, Dave, when I was in there. All right, <laughs> all right, I got it. All right, well, well, please fill me in. Like, okay, drone like, seed. I want drone seed. What? What? I mean, I got so many questions. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, well, high level. Like, here's here's who we are. Like, there's a fire that rolls through. It's quite large. Um, you call us and we utilize drone swarms. So we're the first and only FAA approved to utilize five aircraft with one pilot. And each aircraft, most people think of a small like Phantom or something. Um, ours are about eight feet. Uh, so they're taller than I am. Um, and uh, as far as in diameter, um, it's a hexacopter and it carries a 57 pound payload. And that's just the payload. The all up weight of the aircraft is 115 pounds each. So, so we're talking about we're forest fires too. Is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Immediately after a fire, um, that's when non you know, nonprofits, timber companies, government agencies would call us and say, "Hey, look, we just had a fire of fifty thousand acres. Ten thousand of it is mine, and we can only plant about like five hundred with existing like nursery capacity because um, it takes eighteen to thirty six months to to grow a nursery." Uh, or grow one or two year old like seedlings. And then you got to like transport them out there and all this stuff. Whereas because we utilize this seed vessel, um, we are able to drop those seeds and we don't have to wait for that growth period. Um, we're not doing what was done in the 20s to 50s where you just like drop a bunch of like raw seed because you just create a squirrel buffet. Um, instead, what we're doing is we've actually packaged up into this nice little uh, vessel. Uh, and oh, there's Matthew. Hey, yeah, yeah. Going? So, so I, I did want to interrupt yeah. you, but I was going to do the slow, slow clap. Okay, yeah. the slow clap because Matthew's here. <laughs> <laughs> you made it. So Matthew, you you are uh, you're, you are piping in from New Zealand. Is that is that what I heard? That's right. I am uh, about an hour and a half north of Christchurch. It is wow. Don't get too specific. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, 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 there's probably a lot of NDA stuff going on uh, in uh, wherever you are. Right testing, <laughs> testing, testing. <laughs> well, the, 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 this is really good. So uh, we were just getting a, a little bit of an introduction, uh, as Dave has not met either of you yet. And uh, so this is Matthew. Matthew is the one hey, that uh, I had uh, a number of gins with that night, uh, uh, Dave, in Seattle on that fateful evening, where a we all number. where we all became friends. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, uh, yeah. Yeah, continue. Yeah, you're not kidding. We got six breweries within two blocks, so like, like there's a there's a there's a lot of choice. <laughs> I'm sure you hit them all too, right? We ended up going to a dessert a dessert place. Oh no, it was it was a chocolate lava bar, like that's or lava cake bar. Hot cakes. Hot cakes. Yeah. Like the, you can get anything in Seattle. Uh, anyhow, Grant, did you want to finish where you were going with that before we throw over to Matthew? Yeah, uh, it's a perfect segue because, I mean, Matthew designed the seed vessel, so I'll just I'll give the high-level summary and you can go to the weeds if you want. But, like, basically what we're doing is we've, we've taken things that are coming from the nursery, the growth substrate, that absorbs water and keeps it for the seed. So that helps uh, avoid desiccation or drying out. And then we've added in ag technologies, coatings, amendments, things like that. And we've basically made the field site where there's a burn, uh, the new nursery. 
And that shortcuts the whole lag of great. We had a burn. We got to wait two years. Then all this other like competitive vegetations come up. So now we've got to like scrape or spray or do a new burn. And so that we can just get out there and execute at, at, you know, rapidly. And the whole, the whole reason for this, the whole raison d'etre is that like uh, we um, is, is to mitigate climate change. Like trees are the most sci-fi thing out there. They, they self-construct, they self-replicate and they suck carbon out of the atmosphere. Like, do you think of like the like self-replicating factory of all sci-fi? It's like the factory that builds robots that builds more factories. Like that's exactly what a tree is. And so we are going to be, <laughs> we're going to be hard pressed to keep the trees that we have headed forward, let alone uh, be able to plant more to mitigate the worst effects of climate change. Because like the rate at which we are losing trees Due to the increase of fires and the fire severity, those trees, about 40% of the Northwest, are at risk of state shift, where it's like that scrubby grassland. They, they burn so hot that there's no seed biomass in the soil or in the tops of the crown, depending on the e- ecosystems. So there's so they just come back and they just persist in this early feral phase or scrubby grassland. And they don't suck down, suck up carbon as much then. So like that's what we want to make sure doesn't happen. We want to put that seed biomass out there in the vessel, boost the survival rates, and do it really quickly. And then go from planting after fire to just planting in general and planting trees way faster. Like, well, I just had a curiosity. Like, what would the difference in um, in in growth of a nursery be? You know, uh, this method versus a traditional method. Like, what? Like, are we talking? Is there like yeah. a couple of years difference? Is that what we're talking about? Or, well, yeah. you know, it's foresters. Yeah, go go for it, Matthew. <laughs> yeah, for, foresters are all about reducing lag time, right? So, harvest happens, uh, a disturbance happens, windstorm, fire. They just want to shorten the period between the time they had trees growing and the next crop of trees. You know, it's kind of like a farmer of any sort. Um, you know, this opportunity allows us to, you know, get seed right on the site, uh, just like you would if it was a, a seedling that was grown in a nursery. Um, obviously, uh, the difference is those um, nursery seedlings are going to have a head start in terms of height and root system. It's just a matter of uh, economics, essentially. Uh, and then some of the some of the ecosystem considerations, you know. So when you take a seedling and grow in a nursery, you're pumping it full of nutrients. You're using HVAC systems. You know, there's an entire supply chain uh, that surrounds it, um, which is highly functional. Uh, I mean, they've been using this is like, you know, dating back 1300 years uh, in the literature. People have been doing this to try to bet hedge towards reducing that lag time, having a better survival rate. But in addition to the nursery inputs, there's a ton of labor. Um, so you, you have this opportunity to address the site with a seedling and you can get a head start on anything with seed, no doubt. But there are some consequences to that besides money. And that's, you know, sometimes you put a lot of money into a seedling, you put it out there and then you get the same exact survival outcome or it's experiencing transplant shock, or it's essentially, uh, that you haven't, you know, had the seedling necessarily on hand in a feasible amount of time. So now you're using chemicals to compete with, uh, to reduce the competition with, you know, site vegetation that's come in. So like non-natives, invasives, so forth. So all we're doing is not saying, hey, we've got this magic bullet. We're basically putting ourselves in a position to say, hey, we've got an additional tool for the forester's toolbox, and we may have a primary tool for the public land you know, uh, sector where they can't even grow the seedling themselves. 
Um, so we, we don't actually, to answer your question, look at it as a competition between the two. We see it as these are different options for, for curating the landscape and keeping that preferred genetic material uh, on the land. So keeping forest as forest as Grant was getting at. Well, just, yeah. If anybody walks away from this podcast and they're like, and they're like, oh, like they want to replace tree planters and they want to replace nurseries. Like that is not the that is not the that is not the answer. We're gonna be hard pressed to keep the forests we have. We need all the tools we can. So it's very much a yes and. Like please continue with the nurseries. Please continue with the hand planting. But like we need to do more, bigger, faster. So like and and by the way, the, the tree planting like complete superheroes. Yeah. They, they burn the, cal- the caloric equivalent of running two marathons of calories every day of planting. So it's sort of like we want to we want to you know give them better tools. Nobody's planting fields with oxen today. Um, we would love to give them you know better automation, etc. So that there's there's some more uh, yeah there's, there's 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 more capacity. No, I, well, you know what came to mind is I just like I, I grew up in uh, northern Canada in the Yukon. Lots of forest fires up there, kind of very dry mm-hmm. uh, part of the world, arid, you know. And um, it's getting worse, like everywhere. Um, and you know, I'm just. But I think what comes to my mind though is is how you're using technology um, to really, I guess, you know, answer some of the climate change challenges that we're up against. And and there's there's as I as, you know, I'm just hearing about it now, but there's kind of two really interesting parts, right? Where, where there's the, the technology around the seeds and, and, but then also there's this whole drone stuff and, uh, you know, and, and how you got approved doing that. I, I'd be curious about how this all has all evolved and like where the origins were, you know, and, and, you know, cause clearly um, this wasn't something you just could cook overnight and, and launch. Like there's, there's a lot to this, right? And we're full circle. We're back to the bar. That's the origin story. Nice. <laughs> oh, oh, if it's not a napkin, it's uh, it's it's a bar tab. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the or- the origin story is is that uh, is basically like everything I've done has been in sustainability. Um, uh, Vestas Wind Energy, largest wind turbine manufacturer on the planet, so it's in a couple continents in China, Denmark, and the U.S. Like figuring out how to make that process faster. U.S. Green Building Council couple other places and then spent nine years of life figuring out how to do sustainable industrial fish feed and uh with insects and um after finishing up there and that company's still going strong um the the next question was like how do i get back to carbon how do i how to do something about carbon so i I put together a bunch of ideas and worked through them over a couple weeks sprints for each one and they were really bad ideas that i know this because people that cared about me deeply told me that they would never pay for them and that i should not spend years of my life doing that (laughs) and so the iterative process of doing that is painful and hard and that's why not everybody is an entrepreneur is because that you know there's those there's those big highs and low lows and Mm -hmm. so i had a friend who i was bemoaning this process with at a bar not too far from the ballard brewer district and um, I think in a in a very uh, I think he was trying I don't know if it was like a shock or what the like intent was but it was like oh I guess you're gonna become like a hippie and go plant trees huh and uh, he he was you know and so it was like he started a conversation of like well how are trees planted and most people are not thinking about it that like it's somebody with forty pounds of trees in in bags on their hips using a shovel and you're like really. Really? It's 2019. We like literally can see flying and self-driving cars and we're planting trees this way. And I was just like, oh, we're never going to be climate change if this is our current method. So 
so then it wasn't just like, oh, we'll just get technology and technology will fix it. It'll be magic. Um, instead, the next step in the process is to have some humility and go and talk to all the people. Why is it that we do it this way? If we do it this way, is it, is it value add? If we do this thing, is it value add? So that's where we started talking about microsites. And, um, you know, because the initial thought was, like, well, I'll just go dump a bunch of stuff out of planes. And they're like, a lot of people who were there were like, been there, done that. Like, like the economics don't work, the mortality is too high, et cetera. And you're like, oh, okay, well, what if we could target it? And they were like, you're dropping, you know, one-year-old trees into rivers and, uh, you know, like if you look at the like abilities to like just drop st stuff from a C, uh, C-13, like it's not, like, the error margin's high. And so uh, they're like, if you could microsite it, and that's the technical word for like, where will a tree grow well? Um, that would be interesting. So we started down that path and then it was like, well, how do you control competitive vegetation? Started thinking about that. And so this is where we, we've landed is this final product, which is um, another tool. And we will continue to roll out additional products for rangelands and other things. But this is right now, our flagship is for um, Northwest, Oregon, Washington, Idaho, California, Alaska, BC, Alberta, like conifers in uh, temperate systems. So yeah, that's, well, that's that's full circle. And Dave, um, uh, just the other day, like I, I've I've seen, uh, well, I, I've I've seen the size of their drones are as big as this table. It, like they're incredible. Um, but also, just recently, with uh, the, uh, Mr. Beast <laughs> on YouTube. Um, <laughs> yeah. There, why, why don't you tell Dave guys just about that neat thing? Because what the technology you guys have built is so unique and so interesting that. One of the biggest guys on YouTube uh, connected with, um, with with folks at Discovery and featured their drones. Um, and it looks so cool, guys, see, seeing them up in the air and doing their thing. And I was like, uh, you know, I, I wish I, I saw more of you guys telling your story on that piece. But seeing your technology working was super cool. And a quick cameo from Grant was pretty cool, too. <laughs> but yeah, explain that to Dave. Because I, I, I think the fact that those media outlets, if you will... See, are validating your stuff is super cool and really a, a, a true hope for the future. In uh, and in their case, that whole hack of planting twenty million trees in what a week or something. What was it? What was their goal again? Well, well, their goal their goal is to raise twenty million bucks for uh, for twenty million trees, and they'll get planted over the next like year and a half. And that money goes to Arbor Day Foundation. And so uh, Mark Rober, who is um, is like a Bill Nye the Science Guy type, but like uh, does it on YouTube. Like he, he put, he, he's one of his best ones is the glitter bomb for package thieves. Another one, he put the rocket on the back of a golf club to see if he can hit the ball farther. <laughs> like, so these are, so that's, that's like, but like, and my favorite, pers personal favorite is he built a machine learning app to steal baseball signs and then tested it at Little League games. And it's <laughs> hilarious. Uh, so, but, but in the process, you learn how machine learning works, right? And so he's like a science explainer. So similarly with us, uh, we had a lot of fun having him out to site. And then he and Mr. Beast and Smarter Every Day, uh, all three like very large YouTube content creators, uh, Mr. Beast hit 20 million subscribers. And so it was like, great, what should I do? And a fan was like, you should plant 20 million trees. And that just grew legs. And then somebody's like, well, Mark, you'd have to get Mark Rober to build a robot to plant the trees. And then that sort of grew its own legs and they'd want to work together. And uh, Mark Rober Googled, Googled us and was like, drone planting robot and got drone seed. And uh, from, you know, kind of my 
like to take us from the origin story where we started in 2016 to present, we, I've, I've convinced all of these people uh, to join this team uh, at Drone Scene. And we're up to 24 people now that do all the real work, Matthew amongst them. Uh, so we've got this big, long track record of how do we do this? Hey, you know, and Mark Rober saw that and was like, this would be way faster than me building a robot is like, let's work with the people who already know how to do that. Um, and so that's us. And so, you know, for, for him to go out there, like we spent a day out there and it's on Discovery Channel, it's on his channel, um, just like explaining like how the technology works, like in, in depth, uh, as well as like, hey, here's the like video of it working. And um, I guess my favorite part is him just like completely breaking down in, in giggles of joy because uh, it's really fun to see really large aircraft out there like uh, like executing. <laughs> what what good exposure for you guys? I mean, man, that's that's amazing. Is and it's, and it's obviously easy yeah. to find. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's it's. I wanted to ask Matthew his thoughts because Matthew, when you and I were chatting, um, you guys are both cautious about sharing the story or letting letting other people share the story that might not be accurate. You know, and um, there's legit concerns around that around that with new technology, and you've got investors and all this sort of thing. Uh, so Matthew, I'll ask you, I, I, like seeing the, these types of media channels and outlets being super stoked about it, how did it feel seeing it? Like you had no control over how it was going to come out, but uh, what, what was your thoughts? <laughs> well, uh, obviously I'm really stoked about it. Uh, I've been in the business for, shoot, 15 plus years trying to grow trees and doing that all over the world and trying to help different organizations do that. And not often you have the opportunity to capture the attention of such a massive audience, right. you know, a significantly massive audience. I mean, typically you do even a national reforestation effort and the people that care are the people that care, the people that have a have a stake in, you know, the process itself or people, you know, that are, are somehow engaged through funding, philanthropy or on the receiving end. But in terms of the general public and perhaps even a global audience, yeah, this was an opportunity that obviously uh, we couldn't pass up. Um, just, you know, elaborating on that, one of the things that really brought me to Drone Seed um, was the speed and scalability of this, you know, because I had been growing trees for so long. And when you have all of a sudden this interface of a really shiny technology and, you know, something that may provide a, a new solution, uh, you know, another quiver in the uh, or another arrow in the quiver of a forester or land manager, you know, all of a sudden you're creating an opportunity to reinvigor reinvigorate a sector. Um, so, you know, the forestry sector is losing uh, interest, I, I suppose, um, in the way that, you know, a lot of students that are going to school are, are given educations that very much channel them towards conservation more than land management. And I think as a society, we're forgetting that conservation and land management are really a, a significantly overlapping. So, you know, when you have technologies like this and you have media events like this, not only is it an opportunity to say, hey, look at some cool stuff we're up to, we're going to address climate change. It's, hey, let's get people involved and let's perhaps showcase a way where we could, you know, reinvigorate a sector and even reinvigorate rural economies, you know. What about all those kids who grew up in logging towns, went to college and said, man, I'm not going to go back and work at the mill or, or be a crew boss. I got a college degree now. I want to do something. 
Um, all of a sudden, drone seed gives them a little bit of optimism because what if we were to dump a hangar out in one of these northern territories in Canada, like the Yukon, or or somewhere in you know random you name it USA that used to be a, a formidable forestry town, and and we're able to scale that out. You know, we're we're taking that brain drain that's happening in these towns mm-hmm. and saying, hey, come on back, work as a biologist, work as a you know, forester, uh, crew operator, work as a pilot, work as an engineer, work as a software person, you name it, you learn these skills, let's bring them back to these places. Let's shake up these uh, economies in a way that's meaningful for the land that's essentially feeding not only our urban areas, but all of these. Oh, he's, you're lagging a bit, Matthew. Oh. And then the internet you know, drunk. De- <laughs> uh, Matthew, dec- you clipped out at least on my end. Oh no! Uh, that, no that's no, okay. We only we only lost five seconds. Sensitive tail end, and it was probably the most <laughs> epic thing that you said at the very last five seconds. But. It was the crescendo of crescendo. Well, well the the final point I want to make is: should we should we you know emerge in these places, and we're a decade in, and we've survived all the startup stuff, and these these fleets and hangars are being cut and pasted out into these areas. All of a sudden, we have you know the opportunity to innovate at so many micro levels because there's never going to be a one size fits all. You know, my dream is, and this is where we get into the sci-fi space, we not only have aircraft doing this, but we got terrestrial drones dropping seedlings. We've got like forest Roombas that are being dropped off by trucks right after a harvest. You know, we've got all sorts of options, but we need to get there as a society. So going back to your original question, man, these videos are just a way of picking away at, at you know, society and saying, hey, pay attention. There's mm-hmm. people trying to innovate. Mm-hmm. What can we do to rally around this? You know, and it, it's less a selfish thing and more of a, you know, what is the mission? Team Trees was really looking at the big picture and we could all be cynical about it as foresters or, or land managers and say, OK, 20 million trees, not that big in the grand scheme of things. But guess what? Got to start somewhere. And it's kicked some really cool people yeah. into high gear with dumping money on these. Yeah, yeah. And if, if, if you talk about the influence of like like a couple YouTubers now, big YouTubers, but still. That's a significant impact. Twenty million dollars for twenty million trees, and getting Elon Musk to throw money at it too. And totally. Here's the really interesting part of this story for me is that my son, thirteen years old, was telling me about this, and I'm like, "Who's Mr. Big?" And I, now I'm going to say, "Well, I know all about that. I know the guys. I met them. <laughs> They're drinking buddies at Greg. Oh no, you know yeah. I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so Greg will be. The I cool think Dave guy thinks you guys are Mr. Beast. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I know who Mr. Like 15 times. So, but oh, here's, a, here's a question um, that just comes to mind as I'm listening to you because um, this didn't happen overnight, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Matthew, you're talking about 15 years in, in you know, in kind of in, in the forestation, or mm-hmm. I, I don't think I'm using that word correctly, and, and you know, being sustainable. Grant's talking about the years spent, you know, in, in, with wind energy and all that stuff. Um, I'm just, I'm kind of, I'm curious about, you know, what it takes to, you know, just keep persisting and keep innovating. And you know what I mean? Like you, you've sound like you've, there's this nice crescendo, you're getting a lot of um, hits and stuff, but this didn't happen overnight. I mean, my God, I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm gathering this just in talking to you for a few minutes. And I, and what I, what reason I'm, I'm um, it's just, you know, we're both entrepreneurs, um, you know, and, and sometimes the most frustrating thing is, is, you know, you're onto something good, but it just takes so long and it takes so long for the market to catch up and it can be so frustrating. And you kind of feel like there's, t- I don't know about you guys, but there's times you feel like, this let's give up on this you know what i mean um but you guys haven't yep. you've persisted and i'm just just maybe share that journey if you wouldn't mind sure yeah well a couple i, I want to hit two points first first you're the converse of the story that you, uh, about your son informing you 
that story has been told in different variations, variations on a theme, like maybe, maybe 10 times to me since that video came out. So wow. as far as just like a societal context, like, like kids being able to like tell their parents about something awesome because they saw it on YouTube and their parents don't watch YouTube, like is, is uh, definitely a theme. Um, second, we're definitely underplaying Matthew's, uh, credentials as a uh, PhD in forestry and a very, very, very old hand. And there's two ways that I want to just like uh, put that out there is like 12 years in for-profit and in academic uh, forestry. And uh, as you, you basically like around the globe. Um, and the other, the other way I'll qualify that is this is a guy who can find a thermal near a, uh, his friends told him about a thermal near one of our project sites and went out there and dug up a pit so that the water uh, would essentially create a mud bath because they've been camping out there. And uh, so they just jumped in in their skivvies, uh, him and a colleague, uh, in a mud bath that they had like made because they had like dug down, the water had had the right temperature and they were able to jump into it. Which to me, I was like, oh, okay, great. Like, You're hired. Like, we got, <laughs> yeah, we got Kit Carson on our team, right? Like, I, <laughs> like it's awesome. So, um, yeah. So, uh, and it's, it's so those, those are just two, two little anecdotes to drop in there. Um, as far as like the long, the long, uh, tail before, like you start to see like, Oh, we're getting people's attention is, um, one of the biggest things we hire for, and we have our values and the values don't just sit on like the like wall, but they're actually what we literally like hire people on. Um, we, we, uh, we do an evaluation process and for we usually have three or four candidates for a job and that's our goal is always to have multiple candidates and then we literally go through and we we assess and one of them is grit and grit is like one of the biggest things because um it means different things to different people but in this in our context what it means is like willing to stick it out and willing to like get things done and willing to work through the hard parts um and so that's one of the things that like we literally will evaluate anybody coming through on is like, do we think this person, when we look to our right and left, are they going to like work through the hard parts of, of being on this team? Because um, I've, yeah, everybody on this team could be uh, doing, could be somewhere at another organization um, potentially getting paid more, but the opportunity to work on this problem uh, mitigating the worst effects of climate change is really like that, that, that is hard. That is hard. And this is, this is part of my personal journey is like, it is hard to find an, a method as an individual to actually impact climate change. If you don't control the transportation sector or the building sector or the energy sector, right? If you don't control one of those and nobody does like universally, then how do you just like, well, I'm just going to cut emissions. And this is something that we can do. And so being able to spend time working on this problem is, is invaluable um, and it, it's a it's amazing opportunity and so the people on this team would prefer to be doing that than um, you know working at some like Silicon Valley startup with the SaaS product that helps it you know helps information move around faster which is you know a great thing and it should exist but um, it's from my personal ethos like climate change is the problem that all of the problems report to just because if you don't mitigate the worst effects of climate change like you're not going to get any time on the clock to work on other problems. If the, if the social, political, and economic systems that we depend on are stumbling, if not outright failing, um, then you're, and you can look at the Dust Bowl or the Great Hunger in China, 
Like it's going to be really hard to solve this other problem that is, uh, you know, pick any other problem you could work on. Um, right. It's going to be hard to do that when you're, you're thinking like, Hey, how am I going to get, how <laughs> the grocery store seems to be really low to, on vegetables. How am I going to get more vegetables to my kid? Like all of a sudden all the problems stop having meaning. And so that's, right. that's the thing that, um, you know, everybody's like, Oh, I believe the science. But if you really believe the science, like you're looking that at that as a future and yes, uh, there are free market mechanisms, carbon tax, carbon dividend, something like that. But if you look at the like, could we just throw a couple hundred billion dollars at planting trees and get ourselves out of climate change? No, our supply chain couldn't handle it. We don't have the labor. Um, the nursery space isn't there. The uh, the labor, like we're those, those people out there burning the caloric equivalent, running two marathons every day, like that is a hard job. And so like the catch up time on that might be a decade. And so you, we've got to have better technology um, in addition to all the other solutions. So I guess like that's kind of how we think about it on a meta. And as far as like kind of that journey, like and what gives you uh, kind of put a bow on it as far as like what gives you that grit. Like when you look at that and you think about it in the context of like, is there any other problem that I would rather be working on? And the answer is no. That keeps you in the game. So I'm hearing just, you know, so grit and I'm hearing like big time purpose driven people, purpose, you yeah. know, like, so clearly that you get, and, and thank you for educating me because, um, you know, at times you don't, you, you, you like, and that's what, that's what I, I love about, you know, like my son educating me as an example. And I'm thinking some YouTubers planting 20 million trees, you know, like, yeah. wow, I like, guess pretty cool. Yeah, like t- take a look at it tonight. Just, just look it up. It's, yeah, it's oh wild. no. Oh, well, he showed me, and, and, <laughs> but I was, I kind of half paid attention. It was interesting, but, um, but I'm much more interested as I learn more. Oh, so you already saw this, this clip is what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, and he, he, but I had, that's no, cool. But I just, it's just, it's such a weird, like, uh, I get it now. Right? I get it. It's, and, and, yeah. um, and to think, that that um yeah he was coming and he's always talking about youtubers and this and that and i'm like oh yeah that's you know and you know it's important to be engaged but i just i don't really get half of it because it's usually connected to Fortnite. so but this was way different <laughs> <laughs> oh that's good well um uh, we got some Fortnite people out there that are that are uh what there's a tree costume and some other folks that they're, they're like the gaming for you get the right you should I, get what a, i love about team trees by the way um uh, they the mark rober he uh he clarifies like 20 million trees, like not going to solve climate change. Um, but it's, it's a catalyst. It's a catalyst action. How do we get, how do we get people to pay attention? Um, Matthew and I both do improv. Like, how do we get people to pay attention? We will make all the poop jokes we need to, to get people to pay attention nice. to climate change. Like hundred nice. percent. Um, we will then also give them the discovery channel so they can get all the science for those, that audience. But, um, like that's, I think that's like the big, the Im- big impact there. And it's not over. Like there's more to come from team trees. So I, I'm, I'm privy to a little bit of the conversations as well as like moving, moving the needle on some of those. So, um, yeah, there's more coming. Um, you mentioned, you mentioned the, uh, improv, uh, thing. Now I understand why you keep on saying the yes. And that's a complete <laughs> I- improv world, totally off topic. Okay. And I, it doesn't matter if you if you love or hate the band Fish. Does not matter. You have to listen to this podcast. Okay, promise me this. It is called "Long May They Run." All right, listen okay. to it as Im- as improv uh, fans. They go deeply into that because improvisation and music, you know, coming from uh, improv theater, but the the whole tech geek and early internet space, this podcast is going to blow your mind. So check it out. And I've got absolutely no affiliation to them, except I'm listening to it right now. It's blowing my mind. I know you guys would love it. You too, Dave. Um, 
So listen, we're we're coming up close to an end. Um, one thing I'm curious awesome. is, um, uh, Grant, I introduced you to a whack of people that that I that I'm good friends with and love in uh, Berkeley, California. This week, uh, did you meet any of them? <laughs> ah. I got to, I got a chance to to roam around. There were there were there were there was a what is it a low number a low number of drinks that were consumed. Uh, I think that's what we're saying. Um, yeah, there was a there was a good pitch. I mean, at the event we were able to actually share um, some of the first uh, results of the um, trial that we did from 2018. And uh, so I mean, Matthew, I, I would love for you to to talk a little bit about that because that's something that we've not put out there as publicly as perhaps we should have as far as the trees per acre. And uh, it was yeah. really fun to be able to share that, like, at that event uh, for the first time. So, yeah, Matthew, uh, yeah, it, this is your baby, so uh, I don't want to. <laughs> and, and Matthew, you weren't there, were you? Were, were you in Berkeley as well? I wasn't. No, no I'm, right. I'm down here in Kiwi country, man. Yeah. Uh, Kiwi country. So there. Uh, so Grant went to the Social Venture Network event uh, a few days ago, in fact, two nights ago, I think. So, Matthew, yeah, let, 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 let's hear about this. Yeah, you know, the, the bio is, in my opinion, uh, going to be the biggest hurdle to overcome, um, you know, in, in scaling this out. And I don't mean that in any sort of impossible uh, sense. It's not necessarily a moonshot. It's just practicalities, right? Um, we're coming in in this space that's going to be more efficient than traditional direct seating, where you just toss a bunch of seed out of a helicopter and hope for the best. Uh, and, you know, somewhere under where a seedling comes in, which is this massive investment. So we want to fill in that space with our biotech, as we're calling it right now. Um, and this wasn't coined by us, um, but the term seed enablement technology. So we're enabling the already magical or wonderful evolutionary potential of seed by providing bet hedging, you know, uh, amendments uh, to that immediate you know, seed environment before we, we dispense them. So what Grant's talking about is, is our first shot on goal. Um, you know, our first uh, prototype that we released out in the field um, in the Pacific Northwest, we were uh, able to go back um, at the one year mark and note that uh, the seedlings that had germinated and then later those that had survived the drought season that were sitting there and, and had developed root systems and are growing. Um, that, was a, that was our metric for how well we did in that early version of our prototype that we very endearingly call the puck, which might resonate among Canadians. Oh, yeah. um, and we were achieving something like 140 trees per acre, um, which is not a commercial standard, but for a first shot on goal is pretty damn good. Um, and it actually uh, sets a bottom point for us. So we're only going to try to improve from there uh, in any of the ecosystems and with any of the species that are, are relevant to that first shot. And we've got projects and fingers and pots all over the world. Um, you know, we're setting up new things in Australia. I got stuff going on here in New Zealand. Um, you know, we're trying to take advantage of these dual hemispheres to get two growing seasons worth of data every year. And then, of course, we're, we're spanning the gamut of the American West. Uh, you know, we're, we're uh, very fortunate to have a variety of ecosystems, which means, yes, um, lots of different types of resources, but it also means there's going to be all these nuances to how we develop our puck or other seed enablement systems um, that are conducive to success. Um, so in the high plains of Colorado, where it takes, you know, uh, 200 years to grow a tree, you know, it's 700 feet so the, uh, the oxygen levels are low so we're, we got a whole nother puck prototype there um all of this needs to evolve um but it all comes back to that first shot it's like 
what did we learn from both our success and our failure at any given site? And then how do we scale from there? How do we go as fast as possible? And that's where the venture model is really, you know, exciting and or is really exciting. And that's what really, you know, is allowing us to, to kind of duck and roll with all these challenges. That is awesome. Yeah. So, the, so to, to, to summarize, like we, we the, the beta puck at 140 trees per acre that Matthew just mentioned, like that's a beta. So if you were a pharmaceuticals, like you wouldn't be even at like, FDA trials, you'd be back with the, the zebra fish, as the, as the Canadians say. Um, and uh, if you're, you know, if you're software, like it's your beta trial, right? So, um, yeah. So that we're now on version five, and we're Matthew mentioned two growing seasons. We're, we're running as fast as possible. So if we're operating in the southern, southern hemisphere, the big, the big like litmus test for like a layperson is like, how did it, did it how did it do through a dry season? And we can get two dry seasons a year if we're operating in both the Northwest and in like Australia, New Zealand. And so we're moving as fast as, as, as fast as possible. And so as far as like closing things out, like at Investus, there was a, we had, we had a Danish boss and he used to like pound on the table whenever he like wanted to emphatically make points. And so I, I guess like, I'll, we'll try it and you guys see, you guys tell me if it's like emphatic or not. But uh, I mean, like, the, the, the thing that I would love for people to like walk away with is like, oh, they want to replace tree planters. No, we don't want to replace tree planters. We want to keep them and we want to do yes and and do more. Oh, it's never going to work. Like it's, it's seeds. It's, they're, they're just dumping out scroll face. No, nature does it this way. Uh, it's going, it, it works. Our goal is to boost the seed survival so we can use less seed. And, um, you know, the last one is like, oh, trees are no good for like, you know, like we're never going to be able to plant as many like trees as needed to like mitigate climate change. We, we can. We just have to improve the tech. So those are my three like table pounds. Boys. <laughs> Love it. That was awesome. Okay. You got- <laughs> nice. <laughs> that was good. And I just. I just did, did it work? Was that effective? Yeah. No. And you, you got you to gotta do that with like more and more and more and keep on, keep on the improv on that too. Right. Yeah, it's it's good, you know, because now I'm doing it, you know. Yeah, well, it, it's contagious. Uh, Clearly, it's contagious, and it was, and and I appreciate <laughs> you giving us some context with the uh, Danish uh, boss. But uh, what a couple things I wanted to close out on. One was, um, you guys will will revolutionize and 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 educate when you get a drone seed skin on Fortnite. So I'd encourage you to do that because that will that will kill. Okay, and I'm telling the kids will love it. And there's some cool drone to fly down there. to the island and all this kind of stuff. So that number one, number two, you will do very well with Canadian investors with the puck. And that, like is beautiful. So uh, as Canadians, we're all over it. Greg's not so familiar with the puck and I don't, hockey, I don't know but, anything about but, hockey, but but that's okay. But um, but I love what you're doing. Thank you so much and the energy you guys have around this. It gives you it gives you hope, right? Because. Um, uh, for those of us who who aren't as close to to you know what's happening, especially you know and particularly with uh, you know with deforestation and all that sort of thing, it's so it's so nice to hear what's happening and and the fact that technology can be part of, a big part of the solution. You guys are doing it, so congratulations. Yeah. So thank you yeah. guys for what you're doing and get your butts over to New Brunswick so you can come hang out and we can drink drink some gin uh, in our woods. How's that? Yeah, I would love no, we, we would love it. And for, and, for, and for those listening too, like. Know that this shit is. Oh, can I swear? Oh, uh, Dave already did. This is really hard. Um, <laughs> this is uh, yeah. This is really hard. So you know, we love positive encouragement. Um, it keeps us going in the day. I've definitely taken emails from people that are like, "Hey, I just love what you're doing. 
I have nothing else to tell you. And just forwarded those to all companies so that like when they have a bad day that they can see that. But you can also see us, our, our operations are on Instagram and we're also on Twitter. Uh, and there's a newsletter on the site. So you can, you can actually follow up and be like, did it work? Did it work? I want to see if it worked. And we will share some results. Oh, that's good. When, when you come up, I want to introduce you to Mathieu Leblanc. Uh, we call him the tree doctor up here. Um, he does some really cool stuff. He went into a sector, like you said, that everyone's flooding, you know, de- you know, um, running away from um, and change the whole nature of the clear cutting and, and, uh, and mixed forces. And it, like he, he just, and I'm, I'm, I'm bastardizing it, but he's, uh, he would be an amazing guy to have talk to these guys. Oh yeah. Let's make the connection. Guys. It's All been right. a pleasure. Enjoy uh, New Zealand, Matthew. I look forward and, to seeing and, you again. And end with a beautiful like hockey reference of some sort. Okay. Uh, <laughs> if, if, if Sidney Crosby scored the winning goal in the Vancouver Olympics, who made the assist? Ooh, if they can get this, this is, I'm impressed. <laughs> Say Jerome Ginla. Oh, man. I, uh, no. Do you know, what? The only what? reason I know that question <laughs> is because he, he threw me under the bus no, once. Asked me, else, oh, R- R- Rivers yeah, knows yeah. I know nothing just, about hockey. Just say Wayne Gretzky and you're all good. Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky or Luongo. Luongo is the only, but he's a goalie, so the <laughs> yeah, only other person I know. <laughs> yeah, he's love he's, he's Luongo. Awesome. Luongo made it. Love it. I love it. Guys, have an awesome one. We'll we'll chat with you soon. See ya. Thanks, fellas. Keep rocking it. Appreciate it. Cheers. Peace out. <laughs> Bye-bye. See you, Matt. See you, see ya. See you, buddy. Thanks, Greg. See you later. That was awesome, guys. Stay in touch. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, Visit HemmingsHouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. Hey listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster. And not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100%. Because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth.